It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are here. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. Happy Mother's Day to Jessica, her mom, and mothers around the world, and those with us and not with us. It's a very special day, and of course, all of our sponsors have something waiting for your mom, so get out and visit them and buy local, get fresh, and enjoy this fabulous day. And his tea is brewing. He's still a little under the weather, but no worse for the wear. He's here. He's working. He's Doug Oster. Great to have him back as well. Just back from Italy, we'll get a little preview of what happened in just a couple of moments all good but in the meantime if you are the 10th caller it's going to be all good for you too because you're going to win a gift certificate from that great place out in wexford known as sorgles 412-922-1020 and if you have anything on your mind today please get on the phone and give us a call 866-391-1020 doug and jess good morning and again happy mother's day good morning i am doug oster from everybody gardens and the tribune review and i'm horticulturist jessica walliser thank you happy mother's day jess thanks and happy mother's day to my mama and my mother and your bride, of course. Happy Mother's Day to my wife, Cindy, and everybody else out there. Yeah, it's going to be a good special day. I, I wonder Mother's if I'm going to be able to cook out. I'm supposed to cook out. Yeah, rainy Mother's Day today. So. I can still do it. Yeah. I don't care you about stand the out rain. there with that umbrella. Your little <laughs> tent set up over the grill. Oh, yeah, and you're a charcoal griller, too. So you'll oh, be wood, out there a start, long time. Starting with the wood fire, the whole crazy crazy thing you're gonna be out there a long long time there's worse places to be that's true that's true there's nothing wrong with that good smell of a charcoal grill and boy while i was gone did the garden explode i'll bet yeah you were gone a long time (laughs) walking into the building this morning it was like wow look at those japanese maple the the day lilies (laughs) i don't know if you saw the little island out there but it's all Mm -hmm. covered in weeds too (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's it's been what do you call that weed that is like it's a uh it's like Velcro weed. What is that called? Oh, the hay. Um, yeah. Yeah, it like sticks <laughs> it's to your... All, yeah, yeah, it's all over Oh my gosh, what is the name there. of that? Hay something or the other. Hay straw. Straw hay. Something like that. Yeah. It's a weed. <laughs> it's a weed. It's, it's a, a very obnoxious weed. It's a really weed. obnoxious yeah. weed. So um, Rob mentioned the call-in for Sorgles, and I just want to mention that I'm going to be Sorgles on Thursday for at 7 o'clock for a talk on shade gardens and plants. Uh, I would love for you to come. I always have so much fun. Um, back in the barn giving the talks at Sorgles. I've got a great presentation put together about how to um, have a beautiful garden without a whole lot of sun. Uh, you do have to call and pre-register at 724-935-2090. And that's uh, this Thursday at Sorgles at 7. And you, you better call because it's going to sell out. They always do. A lot of people come see you. Uh, I've got a couple gigs coming up next weekend, Saturday, 10 a.m., the Belmont Complex in Catanning. I'll be speaking for the Penn State Master Gardeners of Armstrong County's annual plant sale, answering garden questions, talking gardening. And then Sunday, 2 p.m. at Allegheny Township Historical Society's Walker Farmhouse in Leechburg, talking about heirloom gardening. That's going to be a lot of fun. So what's going on in your garden? Well, talking about heirlooms, man, I was at uh, May Market at Phipps on Friday, and holy heirloom tomato explosion happening at May Market. So many amazing, incredible, wonderful varieties. I was at uh, uh, Glade Run yesterday at their plant sale, and same thing. I was looking through the, the the different tomatoes they had there, and, you know, we're really into this. There were some things there I didn't know. Yeah. There, there were some ones that, like, you know, I got to tell the, you know, mortgage lifter story to anybody who would listen and that sort of thing. But, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff there. And I have for you... I don't know if you remember this, but Homer Fikes Yellow Oxheart Tomato. I've Ooh, got a, a plant for you. Excellent. Uh, All right. From Tomato Fest. All right. Your uh, 
Tithel and Yara are looking good. I was supposed Excellent. to have those today, but I forgot. I slept through nine minutes of my alarm this morning. <laughs> so it's been I was a rough morning. Walking the dogs. Cindy's off seeing her mom, so I was walking the dogs and yeah, running and running to the uh, to the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was one of the tomatoes I was most excited to see there that uh, I'm going to grow this year, although it's not an heirloom. It's heirloom like, but it's a newer variety. Berkeley tie dye. Yeah, I've seen it. I have eaten it, but I've never grown it. And it's one of my favorites for eating. Mm. Um, I forget where I got it. I must have gotten it at a farmer's market somewhere. Uh, they're they're giant and they're pink, but they're green. They have green mm. markings on the mm-hmm. skin and green markings on the inside of the fruit. So they have that little tang of a green tomato, but they have the sweetness of a pink tomato and they're giant. They're huge. So I am really excited. And of course, I got my favorite pineapple. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, pineapple. people were talking about pineapple. What was it? Yeah. Yesterday at, at the event, uh, somebody was saying that uh, they won a tomato competition with pineapple. Mm-hmm. Pineapple is a great one. That was that's my in-law's favorite tomato. Uh, how big does that one get? A pound? At uh, least, yeah. They get really big. They don't. They're not as prolific as you know, like uh, yeah, but the know, taste. Early girl or something like yeah, that, yeah. where you get a lot of tomatoes. Um, you know, there's fewer tomatoes per plants, but they're giant, and the flavor is just knock your socks off. And then I did get two um, from Cherry Valley Organics. They had my favorite red tomato, which is Cosmonaut Volkov, mm-hmm. uh, which is a Russian variety. Relatively old Russian variety. early, too, Relatively for, for a big early, tomato. Beautiful, consistent red skin, consistent shape, um, great production on that one. And that's my favorite for making my famous tomato soup. Uh, I got two of the Cosmo, Cosmonaut Volkovs, and that'll be get me a couple of batches of tomato soup. So You call your good. own soup famous tomato soup? Well, it's not my own soup. It's actually my mom and Mrs. Moyer, who lived catty corner behind us. So it's so their it's famous It's their famous soup. soup, but I've been I've made it famous. You're, right? you're continuing the tradition right. of a famous, the famous tomato, of the tomato soup. soup. That's right. I never had your tomato soup. Really? I love tomato soup. Oh, I'll have to bring you. A fr- I have a, in the freezer. I'll have to bring you. So let's see. I have for you the sunflower, Mexican sunflower, Homer Fike. You probably don't need another tomato, do you? I've got I didn't a, buy that many of them. I got heart. a bunch of really weird ones I got from Tomato Fest. And then pink, Lily of the Valley. Oh, cool. Yeah. Good. So... All right. Maybe I'll remember next week. <laughs> All right, wake let's ta- up a little bit. Let's take our first break of the hour and come back and dive right into these phone calls. Congratulations to Valerie, a Pittsburgh winner of that gift certificate from Sorgles. We have a great one to give away for another great destination for Mother's Day. Of course, Janoski's and Clinton. Uh, our number now, 866-391-1020. Give us a call. Anything on your mind in the way of gardening. And, of course, you can always reach us at Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdkradio.com. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. Oh, we're back, and now we're going to talk to Doug a little bit. How was that vacation to Italy, working vacation? Oh, man, it was great. Just absolutely fantastic. Uh, to see Italy again was just wonderful. One of the best days, uh, I can't remember the, what, what time we were in, but we had a little free time, and I just got to walk around a little bit and went into like a little like hardware garden store, and poked around in there and then just uh, walked into some little shop and got a, a big string of cherry tomatoes, grape tomatoes, and a chunk of cheese and just sat in the town square and had my lunch. Nice. It was awesome. So we had a lot of fun. Uh, Vatican Gardens. That's uh, what I was going to ask you about. Uh, Vatican Gardens were just... It's hard. Is it hard to get in there? Like you have to yeah, get yeah, tickets never, in Yeah, there's never and... a crowd. Uh, I just wrote about it. It's it's at Everybody Gardens where 
I had gone with Cindy 12 years ago for our 25th anniversary, and I knew there were gardens there. So when I went to the Vatican, I was just poking all around. Where are these gardens? Where are these gardens? And finally, they sent me some little office. And yeah, you've got to book it way in advance. And like I said, there's never a crowd in there. We were the only only group in there. Wow. And so you, it's it's astounding. And when I was in there, this was this was beautiful, Jess. When I was in there, you know, the guide's talking, and I'm looking up, and there's these three nuns in what beautiful white habits, and the sun's coming through the tree, and I'm like, oh, is that a picture or what? You know? <laughs> and, you know, she's talking about, in the 15th century, I'm just like, come on. Get the camera. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I, I just, I love that picture. And then they were, what they were doing actually was, um, they took all these, they had uh, flats and flats of bulbs that they had installed at the actual Vatican. And they mm -hmm. just, they were a little past their prime. So they're just kind of storing them in the garden. They were looking through those to, to take them uh, back to the convent to put like in a, a vase or something. And I got a nice picture of one of them with this giant clump of hyacinths, mm. <laughs> you know, walking away. And again, mm -hmm. the, the white habit, the whole bit and the old stone walls. It, it was, it was amazing. Uh, next year's Portugal, 13 days in Portugal. So... <laughs> That's going to be fun. That one's really garden centric. We're going out, to, flying out to the Azores twice. It's going to be awesome. Ready to talk gardening? I am. Let's go. Let's <laughs> go. A little to... jazzed about that. Yeah, <laughs> Joanne, you're up first for Doug and Jess. Good morning. Good morning and happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's um, Day. I have, <laughs> I have two questions. I have oodles of butterfly bushes, and a lot of them get very large. Is it okay to cut them back now, or would I spoil the blooming of them? Oh, my goodness. Well, butterfly bushes you should be cutting back in March, uh, and oh. you can cut them back to about 8 to 10 inches tall. They should be cut back very, very hard in very early spring. Um, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yep. I, cut the, I cut them back. This yep. is the new growth coming out so big. Oh, okay. So you're not talking about the old last year's growth. No, no, no. Okay. I already did that. Gotcha. Oh, so, yes, you can pinch them. You can definitely pinch them back. You can pinch them back by as much as half of their height. And what that's going to do is that's going to encourage a more branched structure that's a little more compact and dense. Uh, but absolutely. And it will actually increase your bloom. And that's what I wanted to find out because I've had them big and I thought, well, this year I'm going to ask you if I could cut them back now with the new growth because I already cut them back in March, like you said. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't do it much past about June 1st because if you do it much past June 1st, you're going to be delaying the flowering so long that you could risk not getting a good bloom. Um, but if you do your pinching before June 1st, that should be fine. That will be great. Next question. I had a neighbor that had a wisteria, and she's having a terrible time getting rid of the roots. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, great. I bought an Amethyst Falls wisteria. <laughs> And it's small, but does it have root problems like that? Oh, all yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Once you have a wisteria, you never get rid of wisteria. S somebody sent me a picture yep. from their neighbor. This must be 50 years old. All the way up like a 40-foot-tall pine tree yeah. blooming. Oh. Yeah, once they're now, there. This is a small... I've never seen the amethyst. Even the blossoms that are all over it right now are very small. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, maybe I got something that doesn't 
have a long route like that, but yeah, no, no, all yeah. wisteria do. Yep, and you know, with something like that, we even when you cut it back, you have to be real careful because you cut it back or down, and then it sends up a ton of root suckers, which become even more problematic. So uh, you get rid of it. <laughs> I mean, I would never. I for me, I would early in the process because it's lovely to start, but then it really becomes a challenge and. Problematic. I was at a house where it had come up onto the deck and started to tear the deck apart. And they yeah. were asking me, Aww. how do I make it bloom? How do I make it bloom? I'm like, I don't think you need to worry about that. You need to worry about it. And, and I talked to him this year. It was, you know, and I saw it a couple of years ago. And he goes, I removed all those wisteria. I said, good idea. Because yeah. unless I, you have a proper structure for it too, you got to have a proper structure with uh, six by sixes, Yeah, you know, uh, Otherwise, it's 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 not gonna gonna work. I wanted to ask you, Jess, though. What are some some native shrubs or other shrubs that are really good for butterflies? Do you have any specific ones that you can think of that that really bring in the butterflies? I, my favorite one in my yard, which gets actually attracts more butterflies than than the butterfly bush that I used to have. I got rid of my butterfly bush because it was reseeding everywhere and can be quite invasive. Um, is button bush. And buttonbush is just a lovely, very naturally rounded shrub that produces these little round golf ball-shaped white flowers and is just loaded with butterflies every year. And that is, for me, one of the favorites uh, of the butterflies in my landscape. And we're always talking about our Mexican sunflower, but how about annuals or perennials that... that are also great for for butterflies. Oh, uh, native wise, or it doesn't have doesn't to be native. There's things that you like okay, to bring so in the bugs. I love the uh, zinnias. I love cone flowers for that. Um, I love the butterfly wise and hummingbird wise. Actually, the Texas red sage, uh-huh. um, like red nymph, is just absolutely phenomenal. I usually have trouble finding it though. I found it at a few local nurseries, but not a ton. Yeah, there's um, one one salvia I love called a Wendy's Wish, and yep. I found it a couple years, but I haven't been able to find it. And that one was, you know, the, the hummingbirds were all over it. Yeah, I uh, saw some of that at Maymarket. I'm trying to really? remember the nursery oh, that had man, it. Oh man, I would love to back. find that. Yeah. I would love to find it's that. It's a great plant. But we should also talk a little bit about again. My number one question right now is, can I start? planting my tender plants can i put them in yeah you know can i put in a, a tomato can i put in a, a pepper or impatience yeah we always say we talk, i talked about this last week too we always say wait till after may 15th but that's not a hard and fast date you, it's really much more important to pay attention to the weather i did look at the forecast and it looks like you know there's no danger of frost within the next you know in the 10 day forecast so but a pepper i'll tell you a pepper and warm, a tomato are going to hate 42 soil. they're yes. going to hate 42 yep. air temperatures and yep. you're you're right yep they, they they like the warm soil so you're better off waiting than putting them in too early and i've got bees again Steve, our friend Steve oh, Rapaski brought a swarm of bees over, so I, I'm I'm back to the bee business. So I'm excited about that. Steve had great words to say when he came to see my garden. Your garden looks terrible. <laughs> so I haven't been here in eleven days. I was going to say, did you tell him you were out of town? Jeez, he was just teasing. That's funny. But the bees like, you know, they like the weeds. They like the I like on the, the weeds. So. I, I'm keeping it wild for the beneficial insects. There you insects. go. There you that, go. That's the idea. <laughs> All right, listen, we're going to come back and get into some more of your phone calls. We have a giveaway from Janoski's, a whole half hour still to go with Doug and Jess. Uh, so give us a call, 866-391-1020. You can also reach us, Dollar Bank, Instant Access, kdkradio.com. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. 
the Organic Gardeners, over on KDKA Radio. All right, we're going to take that 10th caller to begin the uh, second half hour of the Organic Gardeners to win that incredible gift certificate from Janoski's 412-922-1020. Brad keeps trying to call, but he keeps getting disconnected. I see him coming up on the call thing, so... Brad, call back. We'll talk to you about your tree when you get a chance. I'm sorry you keep getting disconnected. Yeah, there must be an issue with the... So I was out in my garden. The tree fell on the phone line. Oh! I think the problem is on our end, not his end, but maybe. I was out in my garden. I was looking at my spirea, and it reminded me that I know that you always talk about spirea after it blooms you can get it to bloom again is that what you do yeah i mean it does depend a little bit on the type of spirea so do you which kind do you have the white bridal fashion white bridal yeah so they bloom really early in the season they're ones blooming right now yeah so they're they're not the ones that usually bloom again it's usually the summer blooming ones with the pink flowers that are sort of flat topped okay those are the ones that after i got a couple of those shear them back, and then they will flower again. The bridal veil spirea, are, they bloom on older wood, and so that's a little hard to get them to... And then I have them. that weird spirea, and it was supposed to be really rare that somebody gave it to me, and you guessed it like that. It's, it's, oh, the tomentosa? Yeah, that that's steeple it. bush? Yeah, that's yeah. It. Like, you know, The pink flower. <laughs> took her. The pink flower? Yeah, it yeah. Took, took her like, you know, two years of research to figure out what it was. <laughs> I was explaining it to Jess, and she's like, oh, the tomentosa. So I was like, oh, uh, I guess it's not that rare. <laughs> <laughs> well, it actually is rare, very um, rare in gardens. You don't see it as a garden specimen Man, too I often. love it. I love it. It grows like crazy, yeah. too. It grows like crazy, and that's one of the problems a lot of people don't plant it, is because it does kind of sucker off the roots a little well, bit. So in a spot where it's it's it's, it's perfect, perfect for that then yeah all right. oh brad are you on there brad or did we lose brad brad's there hey brad hey brad how are you hey i had a disaster uh-oh <laughs> my the tree i asked about had splits in it here a week ago that thing fell over during the night oh. last tuesday evening and I am very grateful and thankful i was underneath that thing bowing when it happened <laughs> yeah it fell exactly the right way and didn't hurt anything. And uh, I advertised it for firewood on the radio. A guy said, oh, he said, my grandson's in the business. I will send him down and cut that up, but he hasn't showed up yet. Mm. But it's going to make a wonderful bunch of firewood. It's white oak. <laughs> oh, wow. yes, it is going to be a great bunch. of. So did, did the whole thing fall down or just the, it, the part that yeah, was cracked? It was, it was worse shape than I thought. I just saw a couple splits in it, you know. Yeah. And it was live. It started bearing leaves and everything, but put out in the middle. It just it just broke off. Wow. Well, I'm I'm glad it didn't hit the house or any oh, fence or any structures. I have a shed right there too, and it didn't hurt that. Wow. But I wanted to tell you, I have a little seasonal palm. It don't hold true for today, but could I quote that? Sure. Spring has sprung. Look at the sun. It's out there shining for everyone. The flowers are blooming. The grass is green. Is it going to rain? We can't control everything. <laughs> Brad, you're awesome. Very good. Thank you so I much for it. calling. It's a sweet little Mother's Day poem Yeah, that's there. very nice. All right. Next very stop nice. is Tom in Churchill for Doug and Jess, the Organic Gardeners. Hey, Tom. Hey, how you guys doing? Everything's good. Good. I have a question concerning the white Easter lilies that you buy in the you know store. Mm-hmm. As far as planting them outside, what can I mean? First of all, is it a good idea? Will they bloom? What should I do? You can certainly plant them outside. I mean, you already have the plant, so it's not like you're you know taking a risk on buying a plant. But but the truth is that they um, there's a good chance that they'll come back, but it's never a hundred percent guaranteed. 
Um, okay. When plants like that that are grown for the floral trade are forced to bloom out of season, and that's what okay. they do. They force it to bloom when it's not normally supposed to bloom. It takes a lot of energy out of those plants. And so what that can do is it can affect the blooming for subsequent, you know, the next year or two years, and it can reduce its hardiness a little bit. But I certainly know people that grow them that they grow for many, many years and do beautifully. And I tell people to do it. I haven't had the great greatest luck doing it. Yeah. You know, I, okay. mine, mine, mine isn't even 50-50. I always plant them. Mm-hmm. You know, being the frugal gardener that I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I wanted to know too, like uh, after they're blooming and you get those uh, the uh, the uh, what do you call uh, 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 stalks on them. Mm-hmm. Okay, some of them are starting to brown from the bottom, but the tops are still green. Before I put them in the ground, or after I put them in the ground, should I cut? cut those stalks off or just let them dry by themselves? So I would cut off the little flower stalks, if that's what you're talking about. Just like the little nubs that are left behind by the like flowers. Like the seed heads. Yeah, like what okay. would be the seed. If they were but, outside, they would have got pollinated. But not the stalk. Right. But oh, okay, n- all right. Yeah, not okay. the actual stalk with the leaves on it. You want to leave that intact. That's what gives the bulb its energy. Okay, so basically whenever that... Uh, you know, main stalk dries, then you, uh, as far as cutting it off, then you can do that or do you just let it? Yeah, the whole, the main stalk with all the leaves, you let it go um, until it turns completely brown because the nutrients that are formed in there from, on the leaves from photosynthesis will travel back down to the bulb and that'll okay. help fuel next year's bloom. So all you need right, to leave you. it go. All right. Thank okay. you guys very much. You're Thanks, welcome. Thanks, Tom. Uh, speaking of bulbs, Jess, it's been a great spring for garlic. Oh, it has. It's been a great, <laughs> oh, man, yeah. The garlic yep. looks good. Yeah. Next thing that's going to happen here, they're going to send up uh, that seed head, the scape. Be sure to remove that garlic growers and eat it. I make them into pesto. Do you eat them? Sometimes. I love Sometimes. them. Sometimes. I've tried them on the grill. Yeah. I know you love them on the grill. But eh, you got to get them. You got to get them early. When they're tender. They got to yeah. be tender. Yeah. All right. Sage advice. Uh, mother ever gave you and you too you know obviously happy mother's day to uh jess's mother and cindy's mom and mm-hmm. you but let's talk about your mom growing up sage advice uh all about uh telling the truth and being honest no matter what and uh you know my mom would find a ten dollar bill in the you know in the store and take it and go right to the right to the service counter mm. and that was a good lesson you know, honesty is the best policy. Yeah, that's what I, my dad, was, they were out one night and brand new Hoover sweeper and I was standing where I shouldn't have been stood. He came back and he said, how'd the sweeper break? And you, now son, you've got to be honest and tell the truth and you'll feel better. And, you know, listen, I, I won't hold it against you. I told him the truth and he cracked me. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, dad, he goes, but don't you feel better? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> that's a fact. I remember it like yesterday. So come on. What about your mom, Jess, who's oh. been here? before with it yeah my mama is such a good love like she always showed such incredible love to my sister and i like she never held back and she never held back and on telling us the truth about things um and that we i always felt like my mom and still does have my back like always and i think that that's one of the things that i hope that i've modeled with my kid to just let him know that i've always got his back you know and that always Always have love. My mom was a great hugger, too. I love you, Mom. That's right. So have you used some of that advice being a mom now in your Yeah, and you know, the other thing is, like, you kind of take for granted when you're a kid, like I did anyway, back in the 70s, that when you come home from school and you get your schoolwork done and the dinner's just going to be there, right? And that that mom's going to make something and every night it's there. 
And I always took that for granted because I know that there were more days than not where like the last thing she wanted to do after working all day was come home and make dinner, right? And now as a mom, I'm like, you know, you realize like your kid is hungry every night at six o'clock and whether or not you want to make dinner, like you, you have to make dinner. And sometimes it's the dad that does that. But in my house, it's me, I'm the cook. And then John does the cleanup and the dishes. But it's that whole like, oh my gosh, I have to do this again, like every day. And I always took that for granted with my mom. And um, and thanks mom for always having, even when it was that tuna casserole that I didn't like, she always had, always had dinner. Looking back now, I'm like, okay, the days she made the scrambled eggs and hot dogs were like probably days where she really super didn't want to cook. You eat or it? we ran out of money. <laughs> you eat it and you'll like it. That's right. Real, real quick, we never complained. I found out what kind of cook my mother was because you don't know when you're growing up. Is when I went to college, and everybody was complaining about the food in the cafeteria, and I was blown away by it. <laughs> I was like, manicotti. What is manicotti? This is a, isn't this amazing? This food. And was looking Notice at how me. tough he is with his mom living in Ohio. Right? <laughs> I told people the other day, mom has been gone since '05, as your dad has. Ooh. I said my mom came to me in a dream, and she said, "I've only been gone a few years. You screwed everything up." <laughs> anyway, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Happy Mother's Day. Stay with us, Anita McKeesport. You're going to talk to Doug and Jess in just a moment. KDK Radio. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, congratulations, Debbie. Pittsburgh won herself that gift certificate to Janoski's. Here's Anita in McKeesport for Duck and Jess. Hey, Anita, good morning. Oh, good morning. Hi, Anita. Good to... Thank you. Good to hear from you again. How are you? Oh, good. I'm glad you're back, Doug. Glad you're home safe. (laughs) Thank you. Good to be home. I'll tell you, it's always a good feeling to be home. It's fun to travel, but it's always nice to be home. Yeah, no place like home. (laughs) Um... Hey, um, there was an article uh, Sandy from Penn State had in the Sunday paper last week about the cicadas. And I have they come yet? Because I, I haven't heard or seen any. Um, and she said that um, if you're planning to um, plant new trees this year, to consider waiting till fall because mm-hmm. the females cut into the um, branches and lay the eggs. Yep. Yep. So they haven't arrived yet. The soil temperature has to be just right in order for them to emerge uh, and then come out of uh, their uh, exoskeleton and emerge as adults. And yeah, I mean, they're people, they can be kind of intimidating, especially when we have a major sort of hatch like this, right, where it's a, a big brood that's supposed to come out here in western Pennsylvania in the next couple of weeks. Um, and they can be intimidating, but they do not hurt humans in any way. They actually don't feed as an adult. So the only damage that they cause is the females laying eggs in, in young trees. So if you have young trees that you planted in the last couple of years, you might want to put some floating row cover over them uh, to protect them. Or even bird netting would work because the, the squares and bird netting are probably a little bit too small for them to fit through. So that would work, or do hold off on planting new trees until the spring or till the fall if you can. You know, I was talking to Randy Sorgel about this because I was wondering fruit tree wise. Yeah. And he told me that he remembers in 1968 a bunch of them emerging and being at like almost like exactly an inch apart from from each other, like in the holes. The holes, the emergence yeah. holes. Yeah, really? yeah. Wow. And he was saying the same thing that just like the only thing they're they're worried about are are, are new young trees, but not not a, a major concern. It's a, actually a great thing for fishermen. 
Right? Fishermen yeah, are fish, 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 fishermen are, are so excited. Uh, I had a guy fisher said Fisher people. Fisher people are very excited. And I have a guy that uh, tied a bunch of flies to look exactly like cicadas and sent them to me. Yeah. That's yeah, actually they, nice. Good yeah, job. And the bass are gonna love that. We're just waiting, you know. And yeah. it's funny that the that how nature works, how how seventeen years, you know, that yeah. bass hasn't been alive for seventeen years. Yeah. How does it know that you know, does it hear it? Does it, how does it know that, you know, because when you drop one of those on the water, yeah, boom. I'm sure the vibration of the, I guess, the buzzing around on I the guess, surface but, of the water. But it's like, you know, huh. when this happened, what was it, two years ago, three years ago down in Washington County? Mm-hmm. when the, A different brood, yeah. Yeah, the, the lake down there, they were just, anything you dropped on the water, yeah. the fish would go after. So yeah. it's just nature. I love how it all comes back to fishing with you, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> so Anita, did that answer your question? Yes, well, I wanted to, you know, um, make sure that that part about waiting to plant trees in the fall, you know, to help our listeners, you know. Yeah, it's good advice. Um, And if you do, you know, if you did just plant young trees, you do want to make sure that they're protected once the the, uh, cicadas come out because they can cause damage just from the the egg laying. And the females will actually lay eggs as well in larger trees, but... It would just lead to just little bits of the tips of the branches dying off, which the you can easily prune out, or the plants and the plants can survive that just fine. I wonder how loud it's going to be. I wonder if it's... I hope it's super loud because I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm actually really excited for it. Pretty I remember. Cool. Okay, this is like old home week. Talk about Mother's Day. My mother made my brother climb a poplar tree to try and get the cicada out of there because it was driving her nuts in the summer. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. It's <laughs> really funny. We used to take the shells, you know, the, the cases, uh, uh, exoskeletons that they leave behind clinging to the trees and stuff. When we were kids, we used to take them and stick them on our noses and in our hair and like have them be on our clothes, like decorations the covered in the cicadas, exoskeletons. They're the coolest things. Yeah. Okay, you two can go enjoy your day. Have a good day. Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden. And a safer place to live.